Yo, 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 yo. If you are listening to this right now, stop what you are doing and go to the Network Live app and grab my gold crowbar. It is limited edition. It is only $99 and you got to get it right motherfucking now. Stop what you're doing. Listen to this in the background, what the fuck you want to do. Go to the Network Live app. I am live right motherfucking now on the Network Live app. Get my gold crowbar. Use it as art. Use it to break somebody's fucking uh, car windows. Do what the fuck you got to do. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say it like that because I, I don't promote violence. But yo, there's a lot of uses for it. But the cool thing is, it feels so good in your hands. Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 yo. What is good, y'all? It is your boy. We are back. We are here with the new episode of the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. Coming to you live and direct from Los Angeles, California, the Hollywood Hills specifically. Um, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Wash Lord, a.k.a. the Shank King, a.k.a. the Korean Ben Hogan. A.K.A. Mr. Bad Back, A.K.A. Mr. Shaky Hands, A.K.A. Mr. 17 Handicap because I broke 90, you bitch ass tricks. What's good, BTB Army? It is Monday, and you need to act like you've been getting it so good that it's fucking Tuesday. You feel me? Um... Yes, indeed. This is a Dust Brothers production. Shout out to Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, my production team, aka the producers of the year, the podcast producers of the year. I'm just talking fast because I'm excited. I'm tired. And um, I got a lot going on this week. And, uh, you know, um, I've been just breaking down shit. I, I, in a way, am I doing too much? I'm getting anxiety looking at my schedule, but um, fuck it. We're going to power through it. We're going to talk that shit. I'm going to be on the road this week, heading out to fucking San Diego, heading out to New Jersey for the weekend for the national. Um, my tops Chrome 2022 is in production right now. My new tops Chrome 2022. Wander Franco motherfucking um, rookie, wit rookie, uh, Julio Rodriguez in the short print. I am debuting my first rookie card as a short print. Ben Baller is going to be an official Tops rookie card. Um, they're coming in for the Wash Lord Invitational too, as well as a sponsor. I need to figure out who the fuck I can cancel. People say I was fucked up. No, bro, it ain't really though. And we'll get into that later. But man, um, I wanted to get into just a crazy ass weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like it really is a. I don't know. It's just really like, you know, the world just is starting to fucking fall apart. You know what I'm saying? We got monkeypox. Motherfuckers can't even have safe sex anymore. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, and I've already talked about this, all that, but I'm just saying, you can get the shit from a dog licking you, all kinds of shit. Like, I'm not letting, I'm not petting no motherfucking dogs. I'm careful who the fuck my dog's pet now. They say that they're banning abortion. There's like these uh, conspiracy theories that are lining up with the Caucasian white population in America is slowly dying. And you look at the states and look at the reproduction rate and of, you know, straight white skin. And and it is true. So you think about it. Is it a conspiracy? It's the truth, right? So it's kind of fucked up. But you start thinking about um, the shit that it's affecting, right? Back in the day when people said AIDS was created by a man, whatever, boom, and or as man-made. And you think about what it was, it was affecting, then it was affecting drug users, Heroin people who fucking up, people who are, you know, injecting heroin in their blunt veins, gay people, uh, all that type of shit. You look at it now, it's different, right? I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like every couple decades, some crazy shit happens, right? And right now, stupidity is one of those viruses that are hitting people in the head crazy. So it's just like, man, guys, I was reading this thing that my boy Talib Kweli, who is a legendary rapper uh, from the group Black Star with Most Def, and he was talking about how people say, oh, I researched something. And they're like, oh, you did? And I'll give you a bridge version of it, right? I'll give you the cliff notes. Basically, the meme wrote, oh, you did research something? What did you do? You watched a YouTube video? No, bullshit. 
Did you research at least several publications? Okay, did you see who the writers were? Did you research who the writers were and what their political beliefs are in the background? Like, you know, like, what were their intentions when releasing this story? You know, you had to get all the angles. And to tell you the truth, if I'm going to research something, I want to see what the left, the right, I hate using those fucking terms. But like, I check to see what the opposing party is thinking of and then the proposing party is thinking, right? So you got the people who, who are for it, people who are against it. I want to see both fucking sides. Even with COVID, I saw what side of people saying anti-vax shit, whatever. I'm like, all right, let me look all this shit up. Okay, no, bullshit, no. You don't have to be a fucking doctor. Okay, then don't be a doctor. If you're dying or you got a surgery or some shit going on, who are you going to have work on you? Someone who fucking read some shit on YouTube? That I mean, again, you can learn a lot of things on YouTube. But there's a reason why you need to get a certain score to defend somebody in court on your bar exam. There's a reason why you need to fucking pass a certain amount of years of school before you become an MD. So, I mean, there's just logic. And then there's research. You know, I, I did research the COVID shit, you know, and, and at the same time, it's not that I haven't been safe anymore. I've taken into account what risks I need to go through and, and whatnot. So with anything, when you say you research something, don't tell me you watch a YouTube video. Like even my man, Coffeezilla, right? Like, you know, he follow each other on all social media pretty much. And he goes out there and he busts people. He tries to be as thorough as possible. I get kind of bummed out when it's someone I know with good intentions and there's something else, whatever. And, you know, he'll, he'll call somebody out. And like, he does a thorough job. And at the same time, what about the people that were scumbags that were called out? Maybe they do have some good intentions. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, they're guilty of some sort of fraud whether they know it or not. And all I'm saying is, you got to see both sides, right? So when I say I research something, it's, it's because, you know, you could be very biased because you have a friend that you love. But at the same time, being a good friend is calling them out on that bullshit, especially that affects other people's lives. And that's why yes men in your, in your crew are, are kind of, you know, it's dangerous. But you have to feel where the yes is coming from. Is the yes coming from because, you know, you supply them with a check you support them, whatever it may be. I mean, there has to be. And some of them, my best friendships came from someone saying, oh, this is whack. This is... No, dog, I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. And sometimes you don't want to listen to them. The only thing is, don't have friends you're around just because you need companionship for a false reason and you're not going to fucking listen to what they're saying. Cut to, I think Friday night, right? Was it Friday or Saturday night? Might have been sad. I'm not exactly sure. I don't even give a fuck. Who cares? But Kanye West pulled out a Rolling Loud. I don't think it was his intention to sabotage Cuddy because how the fuck did he know that Cuddy be replacing him as a headliner? Now, Cuddy has a good show. A lot of people disagree about, you know, what his show is like here and there. He has a cult following. There's people about, you know, that, that really fuck with Tyler. And Tyler right now has got a huge, massive following. The thing is, I could name maybe three Tyler songs. And I've known Tyler since he was fucking 17 years old. And me and Tyler, at one point, very, very close friends. We're not enemies. We're homies. You know, we're just at different points in our lives. You know, and I'll get into that in a little bit too in a second. But I know Tyler well enough. Uh, you know, you, again, we go back to that. You ain't got to talk to somebody all the time to know what the fuck's going on. Jordan Miles know me, but at the same time, I think Jordan would go fight somebody over me and maybe get his ass beat. And, you know, I appreciate it, but at the same time, like, Jordan doesn't know me super well. I don't know him very well, but we're close. That is my dog. He's invited in my home and all that. But there's people who've known you for a long time, and there's some people who get rid of their old friends because they grow out of them, and there's some people who get rid of their old friends because they're up to their old ways, and they never change, and, you know, it's been toxic and whatever. I've never had anybody that wasn't in my life because I was the bad person that was out there hurting people, stealing, lying, cheating. That ain't me at all whatsoever. Now, when it comes to women, it's a different thing. It's not right because you go into a relationship telling them, yo, listen, I'm not looking for anything serious. It was nothing serious to begin with. You can say that disclaimer, but at the same time, like, you know, if there's some issues and they arise and it causes drama and fights, like, you know, that could be toxic to them. And, and you know, you have to kind of set things straight at the beginning. Now, with all that said, I got Cuddy's back. Of course, that's my dog, right? We've had discussions about so many different things. I understand where he's at in his life, where he's at at his age of 38 and what he's been through. And we have a lot of mutual friends as well. And there's different things. He has a small crew. He'll go through homies. He'll go through fights. And, I, I, and we've gotten arguments and shit, right? 
But then I see things that he does, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's just something during that age. No matter how experienced he is, motherfuckers forget how experienced I am. And I'm on my 70th lifetime right now, like real shit. So I can be honest, and I can see where I'm being pushed in a certain way or whatever. And I'm like, all right, dog, it's time to hear. And, and just how things work. And I understand how to approach, how to react to a certain thing with people I care about. Now, going on, Cuddy went on stage. Kanye fans weren't happy. There's a beef between them still. I don't think Cuddy's thinking about it like that, really. But, you know, the Kanye fans, you know, they're on that shit, whatever. And, and so they start throwing shit at him. Obviously, most people who listen to this podcast probably know what happened. And he said, yo, man, another motherfucker throws something at me. I'm walking off the stage. Now, I'm not exactly sure there are weird contracts and stuff, but I'm pretty sure Rolling Loud don't want that smoke. So they probably had to give him his check regardless. I don't know how deep into the set he was either. And I didn't give a fuck to be honest with you. I'm sorry, it was Friday night because I just remember what I was doing. So Cuddy hit me. I'm at a wedding. My wife's a really good friend. And he's like, yo, are these grills going to fall out if I wear them? I see, bro, you're good. Don't even trip. And I'm like, I'm at a wedding, dog. I'm just, you know, I'm so self-obsessed with what's going on in my lifestyle sometimes that, you know, and he doesn't ever take it personal, but, you know, I'm like, yo, I'm at a wedding, boom, show a picture. I got dressed. By the way, shout out to my sister, Jean Yang. And I really hope, Jean, that you're okay. She rolled her ankle. I don't know if she broke it or what the fuck's going on, but she did it going on her way to Kaya's birthday party. But my sister dressed me in a really nice Armani suit with a fucking Tom Ford shirt and just, I, I, she had me looking dapper. And I gave her very little time to put something together. And I was very not picky. And, you know, she brought like seven suits to my house. I was like, God damn. So, you know, me and my wife went out Friday night, went to a wedding anyways. This whole shit goes down. The wedding is over and now it's cocktail party about to start the dinner and the actual reception. And I'm looking at my phone. I start seeing what's going on and I feel bad. Now, it's a little too soon to reach out to do it. I just felt like, look, man, maybe this ain't it right now. Boom, I'll wait a little bit. I think I waited till like around maybe 11 p.m. our time, maybe 10.30, whatever. It was just a little bit after. And I said, Cuddy, I love you, bro, and I hate that shit happened to you. You know what I'm saying? I got your back, and if you want to talk, man, holler at me. And um, he had hit me, but I was like in the middle of something, and he hit me back. He's like, yo, I'm all good. It's just kind of, you know, bums me out a little bit. It's fucked up. And, you know, I, I was like, yo, dog, fuck it, man. You know, dust yourself off. You good. Now, what was corny to me is... If I'm backing out, whether I don't feel like I want to do a full set or whatever the fuck it may be, I ain't jumping on a stage to be someone's guest. That's where the bitch shit comes in. So when Ye came out on Lil Durk's stage, be different if they're you know just do the song together, boom, came out to Father Stretch My Arms, and you know that's Cuddy's part. That's pretty much what you know like that. That's a famous you know intro. And the hum and everything. It just was like it's on some extra troll bitch shit. You know what I mean? And it comes back tenfold. Because Ye is going through all kinds of demons. And I know he is. In fact, Friday, which happened to be all the fucking time, one of my old friends hits me up and says, yo, I'm doing a documentary on Pastel. Pastel was Kanye's first clothing brand. It was like, you know, it was the shit. I'm not even going to lie to you. This motherfucking clothing brand was sick. They interviewed me on Complex Magazine when they featured it. Now they're doing a documentary. I guess Ye gave them the blessing to do it. And he goes, I want to interview you. And I said, to tell you the truth, I really don't want to do the interview. He goes, well, I just want to get everyone involved with it. I said, I had a very small part of Pastel. I was just a jewelry aspect of it. And if we ask, you ask me some shit, I'm, just going to, I'm not going to say that much positive. I'm going to keep it real. I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm going to say things that ain't that positive. So he's like, fuck it. I want to get it anyway. I'm like, all right, dog, whatever, man. You know, and I just didn't want to think about it. Just weird that all that shit happened that night. Now, what's funny is Jonas and Kanye were cool. They weren't super tight. But his super tight homies, I've been around, and I ain't going to put anybody on blast. You know what I'm saying? That ain't cool. But, like, it's obvious that he's been going through shit for a while. You know? And um, when Donda passed away, I'll never forget when he passed away. I said, yo, man, because that was like literally, you know, that was his life, everything. I was, he was super close to him. And, you know, um, crazy thing is Homicide had went through something like this and he still has PTSD about it. Homicide had a different thing. She didn't die abruptly. You know, she had died, you know, suffering for years and years and Homicide was taking care of her. And I went and saw this dude go through all this pain for 17 years. And then one day he came home from DJ gig and she was dead. And Homicide couldn't walk for about a year. Now, it wasn't even physical. It was all mental. 
he was going through that much PTSD and shit that it, it stopped him from walking. And he's doing better now. You know, thank God he, you know, he has a lot of publishing checks and everything else. And he's cool. He's just chilling, collecting his vintage BMX bikes and still collecting bricks and things. And so he relates to Kanye a lot of things. He was talking about how he related. And that's why he kind of, and he, we would make jokes about here and there. I don't think he even knew Ye like that. He might have knew Ye from way, way back when DJ AM was still alive and we were helping Kanye get into LAX and clubs and shit. But I see where that shit is. And the thing is, Ye been around gangsters. Ye been around this, this, and this. But as many security guards as he got, I feel like in a way, Ye moves real like reckless in a way, like not really as crazy as Drake does and other people that have this, you know, even Tiger has crazy security detail team, right? Because Tiger ain't about to fight nobody, right? It's just, he's a peaceful dude. But going on and going forward, that whole shit was real corny. And then what made it even worse is Saturday night, you know, people were mad like, oh, why didn't you have Travis, Travis be the headliner? Now, if Travis could have been a headliner, he would have been. TMZ did a story and said that the reason why he couldn't was because they were talking about it. He didn't feel like doing a whole set. He didn't feel like he had enough to do, blah, blah. That's all cap. You want to know why? Because I know like four people who put on the biggest festivals in the world. One of them is my boy, Pasquale. And he has fucking insomnia, right? They do EDC. They do Life is Beautiful. He just does tons of shit. He's bought a bunch of you know festivals. I got homies who work with every single festival you could think of from Coachella all the way down. I got other festivals that are big that aren't like that. They're just different type of things, but they're big. Festival business is already on a fucking, you know, on a decline big time because people can't pay for the tickets. It's, you know, we're going through recession and, and people are really feeling it. Some people say, oh, bullshit, they'll figure it out. I mean, I'm sure some people give away tickets here and there, but I know for a fact that some of these will allow tickets were not being sold out and it was just, you know, it is what it is and people want to go. But, you know, it's, it's again, leaving the house today even if you're just on some, like, I'm going to have some Chipotle, I'm going to smoke some weed here, and it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. And that's even if you're on low-budget shit. Some people can't even fucking really spare to use their phone too much because they ain't got it like that, but they want to go out and enjoy themselves. And I understand you want to have a mumble moment, right? And I've gone to events where I've been like, all right, well, I'm blessed. And, you know, these were gifted to me. These are tickets that are gifted to me. And I always put myself in the shoes like, okay, well, what if these tickets were 25000 for these Lakers seats on the floor? Would I have been bummed out? Would I, I assess that situation, right? I'm still grateful for the gift. But I'm thinking about people who pay to be at a certain place and they don't get their money's worth. It sucks. And I'm like, I'm partial because I don't really think that these crowds are really jumping. Like, oh, you see shit that's popping. Sometimes I see a Kendrick Lamar show or I see a Tyler show. I'm like, okay, they're really rocking. Some parts, right? So Future comes out and I've seen Future on, I mean, I've been on stage with Future seeing him perform and it's not like he's going out there and going crazy, whatever. He's kind of just chill. But I like his songs. A couple of songs were really lit, right? And Travis comes out. Forgot what the fucking song name was. And I don't even, I'm sorry, let me not lie. I don't even know what the fucking song's name is. I don't give a fuck. It was nothing I really knew about and I didn't care. But he performed Goosebumps, right? And, um, you know, it's a big hit that he got. And he's just, you know, he's excited. He's back there, boom. And they're talking about, you know, oh man, he looks so excited to be back. Hell yeah, he looks excited to be back. Because that motherfucker was going through a cancel. And guess what, guys? Rightfully motherfucking so. Not because me and Travis got smoke. Because if that was still my boy, I'd be like, yo, dog. I'm like, homie, what do I think? You ain't gonna want to hear what I want to think. Because at the end of the day, one, you can't get fucking insurance. Because it's a gang of fucking places that can't insure you. There's a bunch of places that won't insure him because of the situation at Astro World. And you think about it, and he still goes back. And if he wants to go on that thing, like, oh man, you know what, dog? Um, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't know anything about it, blah, blah, blah. All cap. Some people say, how do you know? 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 If they were to go to court, and they're going to go to court, and he ain't going to win. So I don't know if he's planning to go on trial, but I know that motherfucker don't want to get on. He don't want to take this. He do not want to take the stand. Please believe me on that. And there's a gang, there's a fucking um, class action lawsuit going on. So at the end of the day, people say, oh, I'm in his own, man. I'd be here and there, whatever, boom. It's like, 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 you know, your fucking Ryan be like, yo, ABC, Mickey D, got some Nikes. I had some Ikes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, oh yeah, really? You was in his own writing that shit? I'm not making fun of Travis. I'm saying you could be in a zone and perform and I've been on stage with Travis at least a dozen times, okay? 
But when you stop and you look at somebody and say, hey, what's up, man? What do you want to hear? Oh, do you want to jump on stage? You want to do this? Whatever you give a hug. You're trying to actually engage with the crowd. Okay. Even someone as deep when it comes to a show production as Janet Jackson or Whitney, rest in peace. Maybe someone today, I'm sorry, Ed Sheeran or Adele. Beasts, different type of audience, different type of things. They're in a zone. You ain't gonna see anybody die at an Sheeran show or an Adele show and those different things. At the same exact time, ain't nobody fighting at a Giveon show, right? Ain't nobody fighting at a Chris Brown show. Chris Brown promotes gang culture in his lifestyle. Says he's a blood. You know what I mean? So we talk about crowd control, right? Look, everyone's seen the tapes, everyone watched the videos, blah, blah, and the people say, oh, this is a different version, blah, blah. He went, didn't know about anything. Let's just say that is even true. Let's just say there's that 7% chance that there's, it's true that he had no idea. I'm going to tell you what 100% that motherfucker did see. When you're on stage and you're in a zone and you see ambulances going through the fucking, I don't give a fuck how far it was. You could see it from the stage because there's different, you know, there's different footages of Travis's DJ, other people in his crew, all his homies from, you know, that Cactus Jack, whatever the fucking crew's called. You see the videos, be like, okay, cool. He's up higher. So he sees things, right? And I understand when you can't see shit, when you see ambulance lights come on, and you was so in the zone, but you could stop and ask a friend, you know, like, oh man, you know the song, you know words to this? All right, say it, boom. You could be just talking to yourself, not really care what the, the audience says back. You see an ambulance? If you ain't gonna stop as the artist, somebody for humanity needs to take the risk, get fired and stop the show. Pull the fucking plug. Do whatever the fuck you gotta do, stop the sound. And then someone's like, well, then if you pull the plug, there's gonna be riots. Then you got a whole nother problem. You need to put a motherfucking disclaimer out there and let people know you act a motherfucking fool. Ain't shit going down here. If you have that much fucking power over them, people say, oh, they ain't got no, 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 you could. You could say that shit from the beginning. But you know, the whole energy out there is different. You know what I'm saying? He wants to rage. He wants to this, da, 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 whatever. That rage shit come from fucking Cuddy anyway. But all I'm saying is you see ambulances. All right, cool. It wasn't one, it wasn't two. What is it, 15 people died? I forgot what the fuck the number is. That's forever. There's motherfuckers that will never, ever forget that. Their relatives, their parents, or anything else. Whether they're trying to get a check or not, I'm not even trying to justify all that shit. You can't bring some of those people's lives back. I'm sorry, you can't bring any of their lives back. And the money ain't gonna change it, but the little kids, it's just crazy. Oh, what the fuck, you know little kids there? You know what? My wife is not about to have people here and there, especially at a UFC fight, you would think it'd be rowdy. My wife's like, yo, you got to take Ryder next time because he's doing fucking, you know, BJJ now. Anyways, Travis coming back on stage with Future, you know, and Rolling Loud's like, oh yeah, we weren't ready, da, 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 whatever. When the fucking founder said he was, because he was tired of getting trolled and he said, well, people died, blah, blah, whatever. He wasn't fucking lying. And I guarantee there's going to be backlash or anything else. And he was supposed to come back in Vegas that day in Vegas, whatever that show, and that show got canceled. Funny thing is, it didn't get canceled because of insurance, I'm sure that they finally figured it out. And if it wasn't, cool. But from the people I know that were putting on shit, they weren't fucking selling the tickets out. So that's what's going on from the people that I know that I know because you want to know why? Them motherfuckers, you think they want to cancel a show? Them motherfuckers don't want to cancel a show. They want to make their money. That's what they do for a living. And if the return on investment ain't coming back and it ain't going and shit gets shut down, there's a few things. So... I'm not saying Travis can't sell out a place. I'm saying that shit's just a little different right now. There's a bunch of reckless kids out there or whatever, but that was whack. You know? And that's supposed to be Cuddy's dog, you know what I'm saying? They did fucking, you know, the Scots and all that other shit. It's a weird time that we're living in right now. But, you know, spoke to Cud. He's good. He hit Kaya, say happy birthday. Seen to be in cool spirits. We talked about motherfucking $14,000 toilets in the house and shit. And, um, I didn't even get too much into the personal business. But, I mean, we had a good discussion about this stuff, you know. And all this is going on. And I just had to break this down. It's just like, look, man, people say, oh, man, you're getting old. You're a boomer. That's cool. You don't get old by being some fool. 
especially if you outside and you really, in, you know, you really out there and, you know, in action. I'm not saying I'm out in the clubs or anything else, whatever. I don't need to be. I wasn't in enough. There's nothing but remixes going on out here. And the funny thing is, Mark Cuban, I just listened to this podcast, and Mark Cuban, I'm pivoting to something else now, by the way. Mark Cuban was discussing something on the Full Send podcast, and sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. But I've been actually really surprised at Kyle and Salim and all the guys that are on the, the Full Send podcast. Shout out to the fucking uh, Nelk boys and my boy John Shahidi and all them. Mark Cuban's talking about um, a strategy that Steve Jobs had. And everything's a remix. You see a plan, you see something that's working, whether it be a PC or something, and you try to make it better. Where is it missing? What's it lacking? What's it doing? And that business model is really good. And there was a lot of gems on that fucking Mark Cuban thing. But he was talking about, you know, when you play basketball and like, let's say Luca, he knows who he has to guard, how many times he's playing the fucking, the Rockets, how many times he's playing the fucking Kings, you know, all the people in the division, people that are playing that don't play all the time, where the weaknesses are here and there, he studies that. The thing is, in business, business is the ultimate sport. And when he said it and broke it down, it was crazy. You don't know who the fuck you're getting in business with. You have to sit there and plan that shit. You try to study, all right, cool. But it's like, a, it's a different world. It's actually, I was really, really, really shocked at how fucking on point, like how super on point Mark Cuban is with the youth and how tight in he is. And he's 61. The motherfucker doesn't even look 61. I've actually partied with Mark and I realized that was like fucking... One of the fucking Mavs, one of their one of their first uh, championships. This is like twenty years ago, and you know, dude's a beast. Still parties and everything. He's got kids. He's still a very active parent, and he just said a lot of dope ass shit in that podcast. A lot of business gems. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like someone like me is like, oh, I don't want to retire. I still want to do this, this, and this. He still cares about L's and W's and all that shit, and it's crazy. And he even talked about Elon. He talked about how Bill Gates pulled his bitch, and this is early on. Bill Gates. Motherfuckers forget that Bill Gates has a retarded car collection. This motherfucker went to racing school, was driving through Seattle, had like a uh, police endorsement so he didn't have to get pulled over, going like 155 on fucking Highway 5, going, you know, driving to Mercer Island in his fucking 959 and just going crazy. Sending people in, in Microsoft to go to fucking racing school with them so they could all go. It was like how people get into golf and all that shit and they try to get other people like, let's all play good together. Let's, let's get lessons. Let's get good. So we can all do this. He was doing that with race cars and Bill was a savage, low key. Yeah, he's a little geek, but that motherfucker was out there buying the bar the whole night. It was a different time, right? Talked about Elon and how him and Elon would text here and there. And uh, there's that whole thing with Elon now, the scandal about um, the Google fucking co-founder. He fucked with his wife, whatever. Look, I've told y'all a long time ago, Elon, don't give a fuck. You know, I mean, there's certain times where he might get a conscious here and there, but you know, dude has Asperger's. I'm not giving any excuse, but he's like, you know, awkward, I'm sure, socially. That's why he loves to be on Twitter and talk his shit. But he ain't got to worry about getting canceled because he's liquid enough to never have to worry about that shit. Everything could go to shit and he still has assets other places. He'll figure it out. All the kids, with eight or nine kids, they'll figure it out. All that shit will be good. Right? And, you know, that's to a point where, you know, you, you can get to that level and, and be fine. But just back to Mark Cuban, that's a great episode. I'm, you know, not even promoting them because I know them. It was just interesting to hear Mark Cuban speak about so many different parts of business, like different aspects of it, from social media to not having any fucking marketing behind um, this uh, prescription drug company they has and all this crazy shit with Amazon. If dude is really, really fucking smart. I'm sure there's a billion smart people out there. It's different when you have a social media following. You're also a public figure. You're an owner of a fucking basketball team. He said he hates golf. That's why I was kind of like, damn, Mark, you ain't never played it before. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt the same way. But he's 61. It's a different thing. But he still plays pickup basketball. Salute to him because I can't play pickup basketball. It ain't going to happen. Going back now, pivoting back to this wedding, Nicolette got married at a certain time. Most of her really close friends got married at the same time and all of them kind of had kids either Ryder's age or Kaya's age. With London, she was one of the early ones, right? One of her friends had a kid a little older, but, you know, the timing was right. So all of us hang out with each other, whatever. Me and my cousin, our kids are a little bit different in age, but, you know, you hang out with people who have kids within a certain age group. And usually... If your kids have best friends at school, you became cool with these different people. And like, 
That's one part I struggle with, I won't lie, because of our lifestyles. We do it for the kids, but our lifestyles are different. We might, you know, watch Super Bowl and be like, all right, cool, one team likes, one person likes the fucking Niners, one person likes the Seahawks, whatever it may be. We can figure out and get it along, it's cool. But the most important part about this is some of Nick's friends are getting their life started, but a lot of that group of friends haven't, and they don't have kids or nothing. But the most important part was Nicolette needed, really, really needed, some cocktails, some socializing with her girls and all her old friends, you know? So I sat there, chatted up a couple people, didn't have no fake combos, you know what I'm saying? I think I have a very standoffish personality to a certain extent. I'm a nice person, especially if you're in the right place. But, you know, I'm not necessarily the most easily approached person. I, I You know, I try to be pleasant to a certain extent. It's, you know, but I'll cut it out right then and there. If, it, you know, there's too many like questions here and there. But, all right, dog. <laughs> You know, fuck is you, Oprah? You know, chill. But it was a good Friday night other than that Cuddy shit. Now, um, get into all the extracurricular shit later. But, uh, you know, Kai's birthday party, I'm sure if you guys watch my Instagram stories, I'm more a story poster than I am an actual hard static poster. Kai's birthday was on Saturday. My daughter turned five, it's a milestone. My daughter's so smart. She's so fucking pretty. Thank God she started to look way more like Nicolette than me. She's so sassy. She's such a great girl. She's literally probably been the easiest out of the three, except for her sensitivity level. She's extremely sensitive. She's such a cute, girly girl, you know? And we took it real chill, all family on Saturday. I was able to break away and play some golf for a little bit. But Sunday, we had the birthday party of birthday motherfucking parties right and i can tell she was excited she got her gifts she started to see her friends she got to see her best friends she did a barbie theme party over the top right i hate doing parties at the house sometimes i don't have a choice because of privacy reasons you can rent certain things out but it's like just what's going on i already kind of knew that the covid shit would start getting bad and all this other stuff i'm like look i don't want to have anything fuck up for her party this is big for her and sometimes, you know, this is all you need. I took her shopping on Saturday too after my round. And I could tell it got so crazy that she started getting overwhelmed. She didn't know what to do. She grabbed the cake. She grabbed the Barbie doll. She grabbed her friends. She had so much going on. She had a great time though. She had the best time ever. Probably one of the best times of her lives. You know, the spotlight's on her. She had a great time. Me, 100 people at my house. Thank God nobody's allowed in the Mad Cave. Nobody's allowed, you know, in, in, you know, the master bedroom or the, or, you know, actually Kai or London's bedroom. We have, they have a kid's playroom and most of it was outside, but you know what, man, we had fucking hibachi grill, um, shot my boy, Dan Fleischman. We had, uh, you know, the cake with this Barbie theme, crazy fucking shit with a bounce house and a ball pit and, um, the dogs are out playing and there was all kinds of fucking food. This fucking Filipino fried ch Chinese fried chicken spot that's just incredible. My mother always pulls up with that. Lumpia, pizzas. But this hibachi was the best hibachi I've ever had. The only problem is it's fucking expensive. I'm not going to say the name so there's any kind of like, you know, back backlash towards it, whatever. But it was all legit. The thing about it is ever since, I think, Ryder's first birthday. So shit, that's eight fucking years. I have only used this girl, Lorianne, who owns a company called Wife of the Party. Now, at first, I thought she was talking out of her ass. Because I was like, no, nah, this bitch crazy. Hell no, she's tripping. She's bugging. She's last minute, this and that. She's crazier than me. How the fuck does she stay together, you know, and keep it all to, and pull through? This is the most W-having woman I know in business. And she has done everything everyone's fucking things from fucking Paris Hilton to, I mean, I can't even begin to Drake to everyone, just all down the line, right? And a lot of my celebrity friends have hit her up. I'm talking all the big A-list people have seen my parties. When she did Ryder's first birthday party, people were like, what the fuck? It was crazy. It was at the SLS hotel. Then we did Kaya's first birthday party at the uh, Mr. C's hotel, which was insane. Fucking cost more than our wedding. You know, and we go big for our kids. I don't play about my kids' happiness they grew up with love and attention, and London was born into this world with nice things. So that made me step up my game as a dad, and the pressure is incredible to keep up, you know? 
But Lorianne and her daughter now, Natalia, I love you, Natalia. You're fucking amazing. I love you, Lorianne. You're incredible. Wife of the party is, is no joke. And you know what? If you got a certain budget and it ain't fucking, you know, $100,000 or 50 grand, whatever, you say you got 10 G, whatever, she'll work. If she can, if she's open, she'll make it happen. And she has a fucking flourishing business in the pandemic. Now, whatever, she is crushing it. And I salute her because she's fucking hardworking. I don't know how the fuck she stays apart. I mean, I'm sorry, together. How she doesn't fall apart. She's crazy. But yeah, the kids had a lot of fun. London Ryder had still had fun because a lot of the kids that Kaya's friends with have brothers and their friends. And um, we let um, London invite one of his best friends just so they could have something to do. Everyone had a good fucking time. Only thing is, motherfucker stayed in my house for six and a half, seven hours. You know what I do? I went downstairs and watched golf. And I chilled. Didn't take a golf swing yesterday, not once. You know, I put it downstairs and that was about it. I was just chilling. I was like, look, it ain't about being, I don't have social anxiety. I just don't want to have the small talk. There's some fam that came through. I haven't come downstairs, chill for a little bit. You know, they're all up there. They want to chill. And I think people just kind of know I just need my, my own personal space just to kind of just relax. I paid for this motherfucker. You know, I just want to just chill. You know, there ain't no motherfucking shout out discounts really like that. You know, if anything, I just want to shout out Lorianne because her company is so amazing. But um, they are present beyond a minimal amount to where, you know, I'm with the kids, but, the, you know, they want to, you know, have their fun. I'm going to sit there and jump in the fucking ball pit. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm six feet tall and fucking 200 pounds. I'm not sitting there doing that type of shit. And I'm not going to play with dolls. My daughter, it's all good. My, my wife was, we had a theme. Everyone has to wear pink, you know, just so happened. I fucking bought a Tiger Woods fucking uh, Nike <laughs> uh, golf polo. That was pink. I had some white pants, thank God. And so, you know, I dressed apart the whole nine, but I chilled. Came up and down and just kind of kicked it. One thing was, I remember when I was young, up till about maybe six or seven, we had birthday parties and it was a good part of my life. That was probably some of the most prime times of my life, up till about maybe 10, right? Coming up onto London's birthday where he's 10. Then after that, you know, my parents just kind of checked out. And they were checked out before that as well. And I don't blame my mom. That's the Korean way. I don't blame my dad. But I blame my dad and my mom for the ass whoopings because they took it too far. Whether it was Korean tradition or not, you know, I think my mom just passed the cut to where like, nah, man, I get it. You know, and she was the breadwinner, so it's different. And my brother and sister went to boarding school. So like, I feel like in a way too, you know, that gave them morally way to not have to raise them during the year. And I'm not bad talking to my mom. Again, this is just really like a different thing. And, and you know, my mom's a hardworking, independent woman. But like, it led me to Running, running the streets of Koreatown and getting in trouble and getting arrested and shit. But, you know, I think about how I, they raised me and thank God, and I wish that London Ryder had, well, more so London. I wish London had the street smarts because he's just such a nice kid and he's so impressionable and gullible that he could just be lied to whatever. He was lied to online and fucking Robux, and lost Robux. He got so mad about certain things. He's just... He thinks there's a lot of good in the world. And, and, you know, he just tries to see the good in people. Ryder, he's a smart little kid. That motherfucker is, it, Ryder is like a little salesman. He's literally the complete, he's a splitting image of me in personality, you know. But it's, look, it was a very good weekend. I'm exhausted. I'm about to go see my man, Rondell Barrio. And, um, you know, I talk about these things in my life because I want people to understand where I am in my life at 49, you know, knocking on 50, you know, we're less than half a year away from being 50. And I just want people to understand that, like, I posted this thing the other day and people, I was just, it really was the focus on these um, hot sauce bags that my wife had in her bag. And people are like, some dude, I said, I got nice things too, you know, you had really had to show the car key in the, in the purse. And I'm like, young man, I don't mean to sound fucked up, but you have to understand my reality this is dumbing it the fuck down. That's my wife's every day drop the kids off to school so I don't get robbed bag, okay? Th that ain't no motherfucking stunner bag. That is the, you know what I'm saying? We didn't post no motherfucking exotic Burke and no exotic Kelly bag. You know what I mean? That's my wife's daily driver car. That ain't my car. If I wanted to impress a motherfucker, I would have post keys with motherfucking McLaren or Ferrari something. Like, I'm trying to live chill. I, you know, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the hot, it was just funny. That that's what's inside the bag. I'm not going to fucking make this shit up. That's my real life. So people don't get where I'm at with it. Don't give a fuck about the other shit. There's a lot of things I have that are like the basis of it. I have a dope ass Louis Duffel shoulder bag fanny pack. 
And it's like, I'm rocking this one from Claire's. It's a fucking tie-dye rainbow fanny pack. So it was just like, it looked cool. And I don't need to have the other shit because I already have everything I need. I think people forget the fact that like, I don't play about my family and kids' happiness. That's where we go. My kids don't wear Gucci and shit. Don't give a fuck. The only thing that, you know, and it's still a luxury to a lot of people. They just like to have Air Max 270s. That's really it. Other than that, they wear Crocs here and there. They chill. They're so simple. But I want them to have, you know, goals, play sports, like golf and shit like that. You know, BJJ, ballet, whatever the fuck it is. Just letting you guys know where I'm at in my life. Maybe I lay down a blueprint and you guys understand that. But that is a fucking very, very, very long intro, guys. We're going to pay some bills because I got Jordan hit me up talking about, hey, what the fuck, bro? Now I'm playing, man. My man Lakey Lake in the background right there. We're going to pay some bills, get some commercials going, and I'll be back with the outro. Now, BTB Army, I have told you before and I will tell you again, you need to have your money working for you. In times like these, who doesn't need a secondary income stream? All right, well, here it is. You've heard me talk about Captain Picks, a sports betting consultancy company I own with Jordan, Miles, and Michael Rapport. But have you joined yet? If you haven't, now is the time. Go to CaptainPicks.com and use promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one for free. Honestly, we make it so easy for you that you do not need to even know anything about sports to win on the daily, and that is no cap. Our expert captains lead our community of winners every day in sports all around the world. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time making it fun. Make friends and stack wins. We are here to break all bookies. We have membership plans to fit every budget. And if you opt in for a subscription, there are big savings to be had. Go to CaptainPicks.com and use promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one free. Yo, yo, we're back, y'all. Um, I've been having allergy problems for like the last two weeks. And I don't know if it was related from my wife getting COVID or anything. And then Kai getting sick and London getting sick. And I don't know. So if I sniffle here and there, don't trip. Um, by the way, my my scent is still not fully back as far as my sense of smell. My scent, what the fuck am I talking about? Anyways, something I noticed amongst people that I interacted with this weekend, something I've always known and I want to discuss on here is people who live good in real life, they want to be known on social media, right? Social media people, their goal is to live good in life. Some people say, oh, I just want to do it for fun here and there. Maybe you Mr. Beast. I don't fucking know. At the end of the day, though, I can say this. Mr. Beast donates a ton of money. He's doing good here and there. If Mr. Beast wasn't living good, and when I say living good, wasn't having access to three meals a day, five meals a day, whatever the fuck it may be, wasn't living in a house that was very comfortable for him and everything, trust me, things would be different, right? You get into this snowball, you get this momentum, you get going. The problem is, is that social media people have a short-term life, you know, and it's really showing. You got people with five or six million followers who are probably real followers, and their engagement's really low. And I, you know, you blame that on Instagram for whatever the fuck it may be. There's too many people to promote on the pages now. They have this certain algorithms to get people fucked up, whatever. And it's, it's a really fucking messed up situation. And you see social media people who are wearing off-white, wearing gallery department, wearing fucking, you know, the latest Jordans, whatever it may be. And it's like they rent a dope-ass house in the hills and it's 10 of them living in this house. Like, yeah, great. It's $25,000 a month rent. You got 10 of them, it's $2,500. That ain't really shit, right? They get to live there. Motherfuckers have to share bathrooms. You have, it's kind of like a party crib. Sometimes it is, sometimes it is. It's always, always someone going through. You ain't got your own fucking, like, your own bathroom to chill in. You got, got like, it's just, but people are cool with that. But you get somebody who actually is rich and they just want some notoriety. They want some pop. They want like to just be not recognized by someone. It is. They really do look at that count, and I'm like, people are like, "What has Ben talking about?" That's obvious. It is to a certain extent when you have both. Because I was who I was before social media. I was Ben Baller way before social media was even fucking existed. Before the internet existed, all that. But when I see friends of mine who are rich, 
to have maybe 20,000 followers because they people know they have a little bit of money here and there. And they want to run a play by me. And they own $15 million homes and got a vacation home in the Hamptons. And they got a crib here and they got a crib here and they're fine on a PJ regularly. It's just like, it's crazy. I just bug on that. I don't know. I just wanted to just put that out there. Just one little small, little weird thing. Because I'm noticing it with my golf shit and my sponsors and all that other stuff. And uh, speaking of sponsors, the Wash Lord Invitational is, um, we just announced that Anheuser-Busch, well, Michelob Ultra is our title sponsor for the Wash Lord Invitational. TaylorMade is obviously another big sponsor. Uh, Dave & Buster's. And I'll have a full list of the people that we, um, you know, tell everyone about crep protect is out there but uh and tops wants to be out there so i got to figure something out and i know people who are listening to this probably have paid for that whole sponsor and they'll be like no don't cancel my shit don't cancel my shit i might not have a choice man i gotta be real with y'all that's just the way the world works it sucks I had a personal relationship with you guys be a different story but business is business um fam questions next week yes again not fan questions fam questions btb y'all are fam so make sure you email bbdtc 213 at gmail.com. Send the questions in. I don't know if I'm going to get it in this Thursday because I'm leaving town. So I might get it in on Monday. The only problem is, am I back for the national in time? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk more about the national in the next episode because I went real fucking heavy on that first episode. But fam questions. So please email bbdtc213 at gmail.com if you got fam questions. I think people know already. And I'll, I'll know. You ask a question, I already answered it. something stupid, then we ain't gonna talk about it. We ain't gonna talk about NFTs and all that shit like that. Um, Washroom Invitational is gonna be lit. So on Thursday, we released the episode early. I don't know what happened. I think we got it in the, in the um, it was in the fucking, not the queue, what the fuck is the word? Locked and loaded. And somehow, Miles released it a little earlier. I had a very early tea time at 8.30 in the morning. I have never played a tea time that early. I've had a tea time, like a 10 shotgun start tournaments here and there, but I'm talking about 8.30s, fucking early. And it was with George Lopez. This is the man who is not just a legend, not just an amazing stand-up comedian, and not a huge Hollywood star, but um, a good friend of mine. And we have never played a round together. We've played in the tournaments. So I'm talking about together, just one-on-one. You know, um, I'm joining his country club. So we went to Lakeside, and uh, it was dope. The security guard knew I was. We just pulled through. And this is a great fucking course. He's been a member there for 20 years. And he's never got sick of playing. They play there all the time. He just got back from Puerto Rico shooting a TV show or I think a movie or something. And we talked, man. He was cracking me up on the course. He was teaching me a certain etiquette. He's been playing for a long time. He's been around every single pro golf player there is. He's that famous to where people don't know that, right? He's a legitimate celebrity, period. Ain't no arguing that. And um, it was fucking amazing playing 18 with him. You know, I think he got to see some of my etiquette. He got to see some good shots. The only thing is, I couldn't get my driver to work. You know, you see these videos of me hitting the fucking ball, 260, 270, and a couple of shots went 300. But with the range, you still have a tee. And for some point, I was thinking like, you know what? The tee is in there, but something ain't right. And it's like, nah, it ain't the tee. It really is your mentals, your fucking grip. And I, I fixed that shit with the irons and stuff. But... Here I am again with all kinds of weirdo shit and it just starts to fuck. You just get the shanks and it is what it is. But you get to a certain point where you can kind of just deal with those type of issues, right? Me and Ron have never been one-on-one on an 18 hole before. So there's issues he could deal with when I'm hitting in the fucking tall ass grass. You know, and there's a reason why you really want to get in the fairway. For the more obvious reasons that you think, it's deeper than that. And I just couldn't get on a fucking fairway. And I'm playing with, you know, with George and like, you know, he sees some good shots and he's like, all right, cool. He knows I'm brand new to this shit. Less than a year. He got me started. But we had some great conversations, talked about golf. He tried to give me some pointers and things. The biggest take that I think he saw was, ain't no mulligans, ain't no gimmies, ain't no like, you know, the fucked up part about it was hold one out of three putt. And I've been really proud to be the dude who doesn't put three times. You know, been putting two times, one time. It's been months. And I three-putt the first hole. The rest of them were two putts. He even tried to give me some pointers about putting, and I just kind of just took it as a, you know, as a homie, and he's been playing for a long time, and I get he's really good. But I've been fine on my own, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even, that's something that even the best of the best have said, all right, cool. But it's something he wanted to do, and I don't think he was trying to change it. He just, that's what worked for him. 
But, uh, you know, we had a cool round. He, he shot like in the 70s. And when we got like, to that last three holes, I was like, yo, I need to get this shit together. We had a caddy. He was really helpful. He was cool. Called out the pars and everything. Really smart dude. Really good dude. These guys, all the caddies there are fucking I've ever met. Great guys. And, um, you know, there's just certain things they talked about. Like when no one's looking, move the ball 10 feet, move the ball four feet, kick the ball over, that type of shit. I was real, real, real careful about my, you see me? You see me? All right, cool. I hit the fucking ball on, I can't remember what hole it was. That motherfucker went 140 yards straight and it went straight, made a right turn. It just made a fucking straight 90 degree right turn. And it didn't just go away from my fairway. It went on to the other fairway on a different hole, totally opposite of my hole. It wasn't like it was hole four to hole fucking five. It was in a different fucking hole. It was at least 100 yards away from our fairway. Now, obviously, I got to hit direct. You know, other side, this is off the grass. I'm sorry, off the fairway grass, though, you know, so it's low, it's easier to hit. I pull out my three wood, which my boy Mike from TaylorMade was like, yo, you're going to love this club, boom, whatever. I just started fucking with it on Wednesday, right before, thank God. And I swung up to the sky, kept my elbow straight, head down, boom. Caddy was like, yo, man, maybe you want to punch this out with the five iron, four iron, and get back on the fairway. I was like, no, nah, fuck that. How far are we from the hole? 270? All right, cool. Hit that three wood like a motherfucker. Off the ground. That bitch went 265 yards over the trees and landed on the motherfucking, on the fucking green. It was crazy as shit. Didn't make eagle. Didn't make birdie. <laughs> it's not par five. Made par but it was still very fucking impressive. Um, I got off the green and, and I realized there's a thing called GIR, green and regulation. And since I was right at the edge of the green, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to putt this right now so I don't get fucking counted for, you know, my two putts, three putts, whatever. So I have two putt of the hole for par, whatever. But um, I hit the ball off the rough and got on that two putt. But anyways, me and G played. We walked up to the 18 hole it was maybe 12-something. And as we walked to the 18 hole, I felt great. Usually by hole 16, I'm pretty beat down. And this is with the golf cart or not, whatever, you know, walking. Um, a lot of times you can't drive on the car path, whatever. You have to drive on the car path only. I was having a good time. I was cool. And the funny thing is, G drove the whole time. It was crazy. It was, just, it, was just a, it was a good experience. It was incredible. He invited me to play tomorrow, and I can't because I'm going to be in San Diego at TaylorMade. And so I was kind of bummed out about that. But it was lit. And I said, you know what? I had such a fucking good day. You know, and I was fully charged up. I got a lot of sleep. I was made sure I was up three hours before. Ron's like, yo, be, wake up at 5.30. If you got an 8.30 tea time, make sure you're up. So your body's moving and everything. And I went and I hit some more balls. And I was knocking the shit out of this three iron off the fuck. Three, three wood off the fucking pee. Crushing it. Messing with my shot. Everything else was cool. My driver was just trash. Get back to the range. And I'm tired and I'm still hitting the range like straight, you know, I'm still, but the thing is when you get to a course, you don't have fucking 30 balls to hit. You don't have all that. You get one shot and that's just what it is. And it's, it's a mental game and it's fucked up. So didn't play Friday, obviously, because uh, I had the wedding. I think I went to the range a little bit and got, so got it in for a little bit. Saturday on Kaya's birthday, Nick's like, yo, we got family here. Chill. Go ahead. Took off. I had five hours, really. Had a later tea time. Buddy of mine's like, I need an extra. Went to El Caballero's, very nice country club in Tarzana. Real nice. They used to have the LPGA, the U.S. Open there. They used to qualify there. It was crazy. The club was shut down. Went there and played. Tough course. Didn't even use my driver. Used my three wood. And I was hitting fairways. Hit 12 out of 18 fairways. And everything else was just, just short. I wasn't fucked up in these situations. And I was better at it. Right? Putting was still great, incredible. But my three wood was giving me 220 to 265 every hole. Whereas I'm getting off fucking fairway. I'm fucking taking fucking double shots. I'm like, fuck, all right, let me take a different shot. Take an L on that. By the way, I didn't lose one single fucking ball at Lakeside. Now, another thing is I had a caddy. So he's out there looking for the ball. It's different. These guys are professionals at that shit. Same situation to El Cap. Didn't lose a ball. And I've lost balls at Angeles and other places. It's crazy. It was a big, big thing for me. 
people really take it serious because like, yo, you know, these balls are fucking 50 bucks or 40 bucks and 50 bucks. I'm not thinking about it because I'm like, yo, ball, the balls are free. I'm sponsored. So it's like different, but I, I'm, I'm starting to care more about it. I'm starting to learn about etiquette with raking the bunkers and fucking not climbing over a bunker and starting to leaving it the same way you entered it, things like that, because, you know, there's rules at country clubs and shit. But yo, broke 90, hit 87. Everything worked. Nothing was off. Everything was pretty much bogey ball or better. It was just really, really solid playing. And um, I, I felt great. Everything felt great. The only problem is when I finished, I was tired as shit, but I felt good. The adrenaline was rushing through me. I called Ron. I called a bunch of people, hit everyone I could think of that was important to me in golf, hit up George. And I was driving home. I said, you know what? I'm going to hit some balls first. Fuck this. My wife was like, oh, we're barbecuing. We're chilling. Don't even worry about it. Went to hit some balls. I ended up playing myself by playing more. I go take my three wood. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it like shit. Couldn't think of why. My coach analyzes, he goes, I know you're tired because look at your swing angle. Look at this, uh, you know, the driver, everything I start. He goes, make sure you try, you know, start out with the pitching uh, iron so you don't fucking, you know, throw your back out, whatever the fuck it may be. And I don't think I only grabbed like, I grabbed the medium bucket 70 balls. I don't think I hit more than 40 or 50 and I was already, I was so exhausted. I ended up fucking cracking my three wood. <laughs> and the guy from TaylorMade, my boy Mike was like, yo man, motherfucker just couldn't take the beating anymore. He's hitting it down in the fucking middle every time. And I laughed. I was like, nah, man, I can't beat this. I'm just fucking with you. But it cracked right at the shaft. Gonna get it fixed. I'm getting a brand new one tomorrow from TaylorMade. And um, went home, was watching the 3M tournament. You know, that's the tournament to qualify for the FedEx Cup. And I started thinking about shit with my coach and things like that. And I'm like, where am I taking this game? Like, you know, what am I doing? I'm having fun. Do I want to gamble? I said, I don't really want to gamble. My coach is like, yo, keep your, your handicap high. Don't input the good scores, you know, for gambling purposes, right? When you're playing skin games or you're playing for whole whatever. And they got a lot of guys who talk shit here and there and whatever. At the end of the day, don't matter if you're fucking ugly, if your swing looks terrible, if your swing looks horrible, you have some funny shit. There's guys whose swings look terrible. I forgot the dude's name was. Horrible. And these guys have recorded a 59, one of the lowest scoring scores ever in history, in PGA history. And my coach is like, I don't give a fuck if I look like a fucking womb bat and I had a fucking vagina hanging out of my fucking shorts from my own vagina. If I could score 65 every single fucking time, I don't give a fuck. And it's a tough game. So I started thinking about things. Obviously, my agent represents the biggest golfers there is. And um, talked to you know my agent from Excel. And uh, we discussed a very big pro-am that's uh, happening next year. And that's the AT&T Classic. That's the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. This is a fucking huge, one of the biggest Pro-Ams there is. It's televised. It's like 10, 15 million people televised. It's huge, huge, huge tournament. And amateurs pay a shit ton of money who are allowed to to play with pros. So I'm pretty sure Colin and all the other players on my, on my agency, they're going to be playing. And so now there's a shot of me playing this tournament. And at that point, I'm like, look, it's one thing to play with homies and score a 96, 97. I've had a 91, 92. It's a whole other thing doing this shit in front of people who really do this for the living. And you go out there and make yourself look like a jackass. You can't do that right now. I have a lot of time in a certain ways, but a lot of people, that's not a lot of time for certain people. So I just got to start playing a lot more and I have a crazy schedule. So the type of practice that I'm about to start today is going to be different. Because I talked to my coach about it. He's like, yo, dude, you're ready. You know, there's hacks out there that fucking shoot over 100. I'm like, I ain't about to be those dudes. And I talked to my boys who are actually in the golf world. They're like, bro, you better pull up with the Patek. You better pull up with the fucking, you know what I'm saying, with the crazy ass master's bag. And I was like, dog, I'm not pulling with none of that. You tripping. You know, I already got cool bags in here and there. I got my own clubs. Like, I don't know about all that. And it's right after my birthday, which means I'd have to probably have my birthday party and then head out and immediately start, you know, playing. Because, you know, the way it works is, your caddies get there a couple days before, which you should too, practice, look at the holes, study everything. And my boy from TaylorMade wants to be my caddy. And he's a fucking incredible golfer. And it's an honor that he even asked. And you know, it's a lot of money. Obviously, I have a sponsor paying for it. But I'll be playing with pros. Like Schoolboy Q played the AT&T Classic last year. George has played it a bunch of times. Tough course, but it'd be a fucking gigantic 
fucking bucket list thing to do, especially in such a short amount of time, right? I'd be barely over a year playing the game on television. I want to look like a fucking golfer. I don't want to look like Payne Stewart. I don't want to look like Ricky Fowler. I don't want to go and put no loud shit, you know? I want to go in a fucking cool, light-colored fucking polo. I want to come in some fucking slim pants, golf pants. I want to wear some regular golf shoes, you know, nothing too swagged out or crazy, and come with a chill bag. I'm sure they make a custom bag for me, and that's about it. And I'm sure there'd be a sponsor, there'd be a tailor-made embroider on my right sleeve. Might be some other shit that I might have. I don't know, but other than that, I'm keeping it as humble as motherfucking possible. That is for goddamn sure, because I couldn't imagine that the fucking TV announcer being like, who the fuck does Ben Baller think he is with this gold putter and this, this, and this? I'm still thinking about bringing the gold putter. I just don't know yet. I'd have my own clubs. I just don't know if I'm bringing that putter. So it's a lot of shit going on right now. There's a lot of things I didn't know about. I didn't know you couldn't fucking have a rangefinder. Can't have a fucking rangefinder on the course and the pros? I had no idea. And it's crazy because there's so many different things you get a violation for. Talking to somebody, asking them for advice, whatever, boom. You talk to your caddy and that's about it, Right. Um, can't bring your phone on there. You can't start taking fucking selfies and shit. Like there's all kinds of stuff. And you know, obviously you got to walk the entire course. I was like, oh, I play the 18. What do you mean 18? You got to play 54 holes, motherfucker. There's, there's three rounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh shit. Can I just play the 18? No, no, you're playing the whole 54. I don't know if I can walk 54 fucking holes. You know what I'm saying? And in three days, whatever the fuck it is. And this is an event coming on uh, in a few months that Rory McElroy is doing. It's called the, uh, the 100 hole hike. And, um, I think I'm going to that. It's going to be in Florida. But I got to practice different. Things are different. But I started really analyzing, talking to my coach, talking to other people who play this for real. I talked to some LPGA pros. And I was like, well, what do you want to do, Ben? You know, you want to be a scratch golfer? Do you want to be good? What do you, what do you, I mean, I would love to be good. But at the same time, my own pace. You know, of course, look, I could hire Butch Harmon and pay $30,000 for lessons. The only problem is, then I turn into one of those German shepherds that, you know, go to the fucking dog trainers and don't become a pet anymore. People say, oh, it's your best friend. No bullshit. They're just obedient and they go through, they turn into robots kind of in a way. And it's all business, no fun. And I, I don't, I'm not, that's not what I'm going for. I'm not going there to fucking, I'm not, I'm not playing golf to do that. I want to play pro to have fun. Same time, I, if I'm not ready and I feel like I'm just going to, you know, like, I, I, it's a different thing. Playing basketball. I'm sure if I really needed to and everything was taken care of, everything was cool, I could get back into basketball shape, wear some fucking knee sleeves, get back into it, and I could definitely play a fucking pickup game and a celebrity game. It'd be a no problem. I say I can't, but I know I could if I really wanted to. Golf, totally different thing. Can't imagine. I just thought about it right now. I got nervous. Think of my motherfucking uh, cameras on you. You got the fucking, got fucking... Dustin Johnson or fucking Rory or somebody looking at you swing, be like, all right, cool, what are you doing? Some of these dudes don't pay attention, some of them do. I think because of who I am, whether some of you guys think I ain't no, nobody, there's people out there who think I'm somebody, and I think it just, it just creates shit, right? Schoolboy Q is a good golfer, you know? Is he a great golfer? He's not a scratch golfer. Um, I think Schoolboy Q might be a 10, 12 handicap, um, and, and that's very reachable by January. One thing is, would it be consistent? I don't know. I think a 14 would be consistent, but, um, you know, could get down lower. I don't know. Could play lower. just doesn't mean my handicap's there. It takes really 10 rounds to kind of figure out where you are. And I'm barely at 10 rounds right now. So, yeah, man, I just want to have fun more than ever. But the fact that there's an opportunity for me to play this program is crazy. And there's other programs, I'm sure, but this one's a pretty big fucking deal. I don't know, man. But uh, I am going to San Diego tomorrow. I'm going to go out there and have some fun with the kids, go to the San Diego Zoo, go to Legoland. But I'm going to the kingdom. I'm going to TaylorMade. I'm going to link up with Trotty and all my boys at TaylorMade and, and pick up some new clubs and pick up some other things and just try to just relax. I got San Francisco next week. I got Atlantic City this weekend. I got the fucking National. I'm only flying in for 36 hours. I'm not trying to chill this to, and hang out with a bunch of fucking um, people from the hobby. I have a break with Joe Montana. I got a break with fucking Paul Pierce. It's going to be dope. Network live app. Um... You know, I'm hyped. I hope you guys got lucky and got my crowbar, right? Um, because uh, that's something, you know, definitely that is fucking super dope. Never had really had an item for 100 bucks. I know things are different. I'm talking about people who can and ain't tripping. And hopefully by now, by the time that this podcast ends, it'd be sold out. But uh, we made we made a thousand of them, I think. 
somewhere between 800 to 1,000, I think. But, you know, there's sometimes 60,000 people on the network app trying to get these crowbars. So it's a whole different thing. Uh, I'm excited. I got some more drops coming. I got some dope shit coming. But yeah, guys, look, man. Always make it a great day. I'm about to get in with my boy Ron, get this golf going. Shout out to my agency, XL Sports Management, fucking greatest agency in the world. I, I, I love that they didn't ask me to play golf, didn't pressure me in any which way. It all came organically, and I wanted to, and um, it's fucking amazing. All right, y'all. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe if you haven't. Don't forget fam questions, bbdtc213 at gmail.com. I can't think what else we're going to fucking do, but I'll be recording live from San Diego, and then uh, I might be recording live from Atlantic City. We'll figure it out. But guys, I appreciate y'all. BTB Army, you already know the deal. I, by the way, I got my Instagram live back, so I'll be going live soon. I'm going to do some more spaces with this, uh, my people, with super followers on Twitter. Uh, I'm talking fucking gibberish right now because I'm running late now and I got to get to this fucking practice. But guys, love you guys. Mad love. I will see you guys on Thursday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace. Peace.